0: This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single
1: day. Right. Welcome back to an episode of Manifest Mindset. We're here, Nick and Bob. How you doing, Nick?
0: Bob, I'm hanging in there, man. Um, yeah, dude, life is good. How are you?
1: Life is good? Uh, yeah, it's okay for okay. <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> good to hear beat still so yeah, roll with the punches. Got my second vaccine. Um, so fully vaccinated now. Um, um,
0: nice. were you having any soreness, uh, any symptoms, or you made it out pretty good?
1: Um, the night of oh, I was I had a, a fever kind of thing. But that's what I was pretty much fine.
0: Nice man. Pretty normal, pretty good then.
1: Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so I think this this week we should talk about a little bit about uh like some patient cases, patient things. Um, related to just physical therapy in general. What do you think, Nick, unless you have something I, on your mind?
0: I like it. That sounds great to me. Do you have a particular case in mind? Um
1: what, why don't you start with your previous patient that we talked about around right, two weeks ago. So, so this patient is the I think he's the karate guy, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. So um Ryan Bob, we only talked about him one time, right?
1: yeah we just talked about him two weeks ago. It was your first eval. Um if you just want to like give a little recap of what the situation was.
0: Yeah. So basically a martial arts guy coming in, uh, young, young to mid thirties, um, been doing a bunch of different martial arts for like 18 years, most of his life. Um, came in and his self-diagnosis, uh, direct access was 11 years of crime and basically he could do everything he wanted to do, but, um, just very hesitant in his sport. Um, a lot, of, a lot of pain, a lot of sensitivity. He'd stop when he felt any pain in that area. He'd tap out very quickly. And he actually, and his, his original mechanism was 11 years ago, um, holding a back then bridge for about 15 minutes while he was having kids jump under, over, and around him for a birthday probably just hanging out with some people. And basically, um, the examination I did was very... Um, thorough in a psychological, um, sensory sense, but very basic in terms of a, a what did you actually test on? So with a gate quick, I mean, really just did lumbar PAs mostly where he was extremely tender um, at first when he just felt a little bit of pain in a completely different area than his focus of pain, it hit the table hard, tapped out. But then whenever we got to like his focus on pain, like his main center of it, um, so he was definitely had some peripheral sensitization throughout the lumbar spine area. But um, when we just kind of hit on that area where his pain, he couldn't even recognize it. That that was, it was his pain. He had to like put his own hand, his own finger on his itself. So a ton of sensory smudging, you left him uh, last eval with going about his normal routine, doing his martial arts like he was doing, but seeing if he could just tell, have that self-talk, this conversation with himself, like, hey, dude. Your body's like, it's okay. Let me trust this. Let me see um, if this is safe and not have to do quite as many kind of pre rituals to be able to go into those activities for him. And so that's where we left things off last, last time, Bob. Okay. okay. So coming in, I've had one other visit with him now. I'm actually going to have uh, later today his third, his second follow-up visit, his third visit total. And um, he came in. And basically, his objective was, hey, man, kind of try the things you told me Now Things are definitely uh, feeling better, you know, less hesitant. I'm able to cut my warm-up routine from, like, 15 minutes down to 6 or 7 minutes. Um, there are some of the little things that he's like, yeah, I you really need to do those. That feels a little bit less sensitive overall. He inserted, uh in addition to the two or three different kind of martial arts he's doing, he added in, like, more gymnastics and stuff during that week just because he wanted to try something new and he was feeling good. So that's kind of a cool vote of confidence for him too. Now, um, so again, basically for me, I was like, okay, let's do a reassessment. And he uh, wanted I assess day one was the lumbar stuff. So I'm like, okay, we better reassess that and see where that's at. So Bob, before you even have any contact, any idea, what do you think happened when I did the lumbar PA's again? Uh,
1: either... It got better, or it's, it was the exact same. Cool. Okay. I'm going
0: with option number one. You got better. Um, and it was nice being able to go through that process. And before it was just, okay, do you feel this? Tapping out. Okay. But then we eventually progressed to, do you feel this? Okay. Yeah, you feel it. All right. So now that you feel it, is that pressure or pain? Okay. That's pressure. Can I go further for pain? Yeah, I can go further for pain. And I did that, <laughs> but then we take it the next step further. Now, once we're at pain, hey, is that pain tolerable? Oh, the pain, yeah, it's actually tolerable. So I said, instead of backing off, like a bit less. And I said, hey, would you like, like, can I go more? So I said, he said, oh yeah, I actually, can. I said, okay, so let me know when it, when this pain is no longer tolerable. So we go from tolerable pain to like, okay, now that's like overboard, too so Okay, cool, we won't push any further. And he would be able to tolerate way more. i probably say about four times the force. And it was fun showing him on his arm. Like, hey, here's the pressure you tolerate day one. And then here's the pressure that you tolerate right now. Plus, you can go further than that to what you can't tolerate. And by the way, here's this. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really different. So that was pretty good. But here's where... And the other nice thing was when I did it to his pain area, he said, oh, that pain, is different, right? Kind of like last time. I said, okay, how is it different? He's like... Well, this is like, this is the same quality of pain, but this is the epicenter of it. This is like where I'll start. I said, okay, so you're telling me this is your main pain, source of pain. you he said, he's like, yeah. I said, okay, cool. Do you remember what happened last time? He didn't. So I told him, like, bro, yeah, you're you, like, kind had of to squirm around. You couldn't find it. You had to put your finger on it. He's like, oh, yeah. I just did that. And he was laughing at, like, kind of how absurd that was in his mind. A so minimum, you know, decrease his protective response. He helped sharpen. His sensations, his kind of brain-body, in sense, during connection, a minimum last time, and hopefully dispelled a little bit of fear. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh, we did that. Bob, where would you go to next in the uh, rest of treatment for that day?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just start to get him moving. If, if he's feeling better with that,
0: right? A hundred percent. So,
1: yeah, him in the in the gym. I said, hey,
0: and again, I knew where I wanted to go with it, but I wanted to see where he would lead himself. To say, hey, you know, this is great. I want you to continue to make partners on this. You know, this is going to be a backdrop of everything that we still want you to work on. But we need to get you moving and get you going. So I said, you know, based on this being difficult for you, what do you think would be one of the best physical movements that you do
1: to start to look
0: at to help you improve? And he said, well, probably the best thing because that's what got this whole thing started and that's what I'm more sensitive with. It's like, sweet. That was where I was going to go anyway, so glad that he was the one. He gave him the opportunity to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Now, when he did that in the gym, he went up immediately, 7.5 ping, 7.5 by 10 came in the back in his area. And then what and did he, he do? Up. Sorry
1: again?
0: He went up into a full back end bridge. Okay. So I said, okay. Right? And, and like, you know, form looks pretty good, nothing crazy or anything. I definitely wasn't like, oh, let me dig around the back while you're doing that. I said, okay. I heard back down. I said, this time, right, can you tell yourself it's okay, right? Can you breathe? right now, your body is sending your brain a lot of signals. And we talked about the whole file cabinet analogy where you've got a previous history there. And with that previous history, your brain and your system is wondering, hey, is it cool to you or not? And you're like, Right now, bro, you've got eleven years of reasons why it's not okay. We've got to file a few more to understand that. So I said, okay, just you know, tell yourself that it's cool. All right, tell yourself to try and trust it. Do it again. He did it again. It was a six out of ten this time. So, okay. okay go back down and do it again. Tell yourself the same thing. And he kinda like winces a little bit. I'm like, When did you feel the pain? And you know what he said, Bob? He said when I, was, when I was about to move. So me like, you okay. told me you felt the pain. Not, not when you moved. Not when you went into the position, but right before that. He's like, yeah, right before. So I said, like, what's up with that dude? You not even move the back. She's like, oh, yeah, that's weird. I said, okay. I said, give yourself permission. I gave him the analogy, right, that the body is talking to the brain. Let's get the brain talking back to the body to give yourself permission to be cool with it, to roll with it, to let that happen. And so he did that, right? He engaged in that concentration, And consistently, we were able to go stage by stage, most of the rest of the treatment without, actually all of it really, rest of the treatment, without touching him for any cues, any form correction, anything like that. And what we were able to do was we progressed one stage at a time where basically, I was almost sitting there providing him a little bit of feedback kind of like that safety net, if he was progressing through everything where well, we originally got him from a 7.5 out of 10 pain with back bend to now he was in a back bend, shifting side to side on one foot, up on his toes, jumping up and down. Wow, with no pain! Wow, and so it took 20 minutes to get there, but in those 20 minutes of time, he was the one engaging in that dialogue, he was the one guiding himself. And to my part was Okay, let me kind of ask you in a way, and probably, hey, like, what's next? What's the next progression? And it was one scene where there you were know, a few moments where I didn't even progress, but he progressed himself. Uh-huh. I up into the bridge. Oh, there's no pain. That's full background. So then instead of just saying, oh, cool, I'm full cool, of no pain, his body immediately went to the next kind of martial art progression that ain't mine. It went to, hey, let me kind of like shoot myself side to side, and that was like a pain. But in his mind, he didn't process that. He didn't process that was a different movement that was causing more pain. He was just like, no, well, it's just an expression of what I do. And so getting him to realize, hey, so you came in here right after all the manual stuff. So it's not if we did anything different. It was truly really just a great exposure option and more of like a warm-up, if you will. 7.5 pain on something that was fairly simple for his kind of physical capacity. It's something much more difficult, more demanding. Do the pain at all. So oh, then, wow. with his whole warm up thing, we had him say, okay, dude, all right, let's get this kind of fresh, let's get it going. So go ahead, and stand up, get off the gym floor, go walk it off a little bit, come right back. And once you come back, immediately just go into the more difficult thing that you can do. And so he went in, did the jump on one leg, on the toes, in a full back bend, kind of jumping side to side a little bit, and he ended up totally fine. Oh. Wow.
1: That's wow. That's that's great. Okay. And then, what what did you send him home What was the what was the the, the thing to to do at home? Yep. Great question. So, sending him home, I said, "Hey,
0: your number one job is to continue this dialogue, continue this conversation." And part of the education I gave him was, you know, we we want to keep rolling with a lot of this conversation, communication, we may eventually reach a point where we're getting closer to your physical capacity where we might have to change physical movements. So I give them this kind of safety net that it's not only about all this stuff that we're talking about. But we haven't reached here yet, and we're going to keep doing it until we do reach there, close to that physical capacity, to we'll really know what you're capable of and what we're working with. Keep on yeah. to that. And then so Go ahead, Bob.
1: So you're saying, like, um, you cued him that next time we'll, we'll work on like more of the, the form physical aspect of like the, the body and, and things like that but then we're trying to max out on this psychosocial aspect is that what you are what you were saying? Yes,
0: yeah, so I'm saying that we're trying to
1: we don't know what his physical capacity is at because he's been
0: tapping himself out for so long so basically what I'm saying is that hey there may be points where it isn't comfortable and we can't change it immediately and that's okay it's at that point that we're going to work on some of the physical aspects things Honestly, right? I mean, if he's future of the do what he wants to do, next progressions for him are going to be listed in some more of these very sport-specific drills. And let's actually gain some of these judo lock positions and like sport, very sport-specific submission positions and see what he can do if like, can you tolerate that from a very controlled environment, progressing toward the chaotic
1: environment. Yeah, wow, that's that's awesome, that's exciting for for I guess both to to actually see in the clinic. Do you have patients like this often? Um, describe what you mean by patients like this. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, describe what
0: you mean by patients like this, Bob. What aspect?
1: I... So so patients that uh, the majority of the treatment is that um, psychosocial education piece. Mm. So I'd say like with this probably like you know. 95% psychosocial.
0: Um, I don't have as many that are like, this is the thing, but I have countless, countless patients where someone to the treatment becomes, what are you afraid of doing right now? Right, Whether it's an ATL rehab, whether it's other stuff, this little bad thing. Eventually, and maybe this isn't visit one, maybe this is visit four or five. Some people maybe visit eight. Some people visit two. What are you afraid of doing? Let's go do that thing. One frees yourself something you can, or if you need to modify it to do that. Too. But doing it up to that, so we can kind of dispel some of that fear and really help them change
1: their relationship
0: with their body at the time.
1: Yep. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, there's always definitely some social social aspect that you do with every patient, but it yeah, seems but, like but, majority
0: but I, wise, I, I think that the people who are this strongly like it's like this extreme of a case. I mean, maybe 15%. Yeah, well, wow.
1: that's interesting. Yeah, so so the, the game plan today, when you see him today, is you're going to get him moving for another progression of uh, what he's capable of doing and see what. Yeah, so the so game, uh, game
0: plan for today is if the lumbar PA again, sensitivity, right, follow up with that because that's a direct metric for him for so yeah. what he can do. Because he went through that a lot quicker. You can just say, hey. We did a lot of stuff last time. If we look at this back movement, where do you want to start in the progression? And so that way he has the ability to control it, say, okay, maybe I don't need to start right at the beginning. Maybe my physical capacity is where my warm up can be at a much higher level. And that's cool. We're totally fine with that. But then from yeah. there, it's depending on how he responds, actually getting into some very controlled grappling positions. But then actually, eventually, It'll be in controlled scenarios because he's a much better martial artist than I am. I have a lot less training, but actually getting into <laughs> some grappling stuff with him in some very controlled scenarios and less controlled scenarios.
1: Wow. That's exciting. That's a good – it's it's so interesting to hear. Like, Episode 1 is like, yeah, you're exploring. Episode 2, it's really confirmed. Um, or Visit 2, Visit 1. And then Visit 3, we'll we we'll hear what happens next next week. take so, a time, Bob yeah i'm excited uh let me i, I want to share a quick patient uh that I thought was pretty interesting um so I had this patient she's uh mid forties maybe fifty um she had basically she's post op a, a lumbar microdiscectomy. um basically during covid she was sitting during work and all of a sudden she had pain down her leg and she got dropped butt um down her It was on the right side. Um, She went to the doctor. They gave her emergency surgery. Um, Six weeks later, she comes and sees me. So her ground foot is completely better um, when she sees me. But pain-wise, she still has really bad back pain. Um, Down her entire right leg, down to her foot, the first thing she tells me is that her foot is extremely wonky. Um, The funny thing with this is one of the students there, their um their CI left for the day, so she was stuck stuck with me. So I was like, Yeah, why don't you just this- I,
0: I like how your wording is stuck with you. There you go, Bob. I'm
1: sorry? I said I like how your wording is stuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she was stuck with me. Um just with this one patient, just with this one eval. And I was like, Do you want to just do this eval? <laughs> just go ahead. <laughs> and and I'll just be watching. Um I really didn't know what kind of patient participation was gonna be. So she saw that it was a lumbar post stop and I was like, Yep, why don't you just take this off? <laughs> I was like, Okay, sure. So I I went through her history, she told me all the things that I just told you. Um her strengths were significantly weaker on her right side. Her um it, it wasn't that that much weak, she was positive for um, sensation loss on her right side, um, and all of that good stuff.
0: Now, Bob, was this a fatigue weakness, like a neurological giving way weakness, or just a, a somewhat more typical motor weakness?
1: Yeah, uh, a little. I think a little bit of both kind of thing. Okay. Um, but she had that, and she still told me like every time she sat to uh, from sit to stand, she would always feel stiff. She would feel when she was worse. When she would worse, she'd feel stiff, and her numbness would increase. So I was like, maybe there's um, some directional preference here. So I was like, why not? She's six weeks. I'll just do a basic repeated extension and standing. I I don't expect to see what happens. And I have this student here. So I was like, why not show her kind of thing? So we did 10 just extension and standings. Um, And she walked around and she was like, wow, my my foot feels less wonky. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. (laughs) So. I put her against the table. I, I do um, just some really gentle ones because I don't really want to aggravate anything from the surgery. Um, and the more she does it, the the less wonkier her foot is. If, if "wonky" is even a word, I don't I don't know. But uh, she I came think in. think a
0: fantastic word, Bob.
1: Yes. <laughs> but but she came in limping, um, and then she walked out non-limping with with less wonkiness in her foot. So I just sent her away, and I was super excited. I was like look, student, isn't this so cool? Um, and she was really indifferent. But um, so we've been regressing her. I've been making sure that, that the scar could mobilize and starting some strengthening with her and doing all these things. Um, so basically, she, she was a, a residual derangement of the, the lower back, which would mean she responded to sex movements. movement. So everything centralized. Like, all her pain was gone. Except for her foot, which she said, like, this had this really, like, um, tightness in her foot. Like, her really, uh, like, she couldn't open her toes um, for her feet. So, it was like, okay, I'll just keep on progressing you, seeing how, how it goes. And two or three visits some more, she was basically the same. It was like a three out of ten. And, Bob, was, where on the foot was the tightness? So, so just uh the second, third, and fourth digit, okay, and then all the way down, kind of thing, so really On the plant the, plantar surface, yeah, the plantar surface, so yeah, like like yep. the like that dermatone the either s one or s <laughs> um area, um, so she was like, yeah, it's really tight there, no matter what we do, um it wouldn't change, so I was like. Okay, we, we've gone through the forces, we've gone through a lot of extension. She was doing hundreds and hundreds of repetitions every day and her star was fine. she was doing great. Um but but one thing she she told me that she really still had trouble with was was crossing her, her legs to put on her socks. And told me that initially I was like, Okay, that's just probably post op um post op stuff left behind. But it was about like I think eight or nine weeks later, when I was still seeing her, and she was still saying it's getting a little bit better, but it's still exactly the same. So I thought I would look at it. Um, I did the favors, quick favors in supine, so bringing the leg across the body. Um, and it was significantly limited. And I was like, hmm, maybe there's something in the hip here. So we did a, another quick, repeated movement of the hip. I did some extensions in the hip. Um just passively, just just doing like a, yeah, just passive range of motion for that. And walk, she walks around, and lo and behold, that three planar digit, or the planar surface um, foot tightness goes down to like a 0. 0.5. So I was like, hmm, that's so interesting. She has both a, a hip component and a lumbar component, um, even though she's got this post-op microdissectomy. So I sent her home with it and I'm seeing her next Monday, but, but she, yeah, it's it's been going good. And it, that's super interesting that I, uh, I yeah, just wanted to share and then see, hear what you think next. Yeah.
0: I think it's a great team spot. And you know, it's a, will we ever know for sure? No, but I think it's really interesting to ponder, you know, what component of both the lumbar and if were present prior to surgery, but you know, my hypothesis is we thought probably could prevent the whole thing, the drop foot, um, with that. But who knows? Maybe the microdisectomy was essential. But you know, let's say that you know she's post-op, she's moving her rest, lumbar, restrictions, all that fun stuff that she'll have at least in the first couple two to three weeks. You know, pretty typical that they'll have more stiffness from the, um, avoiding a lot of things. If there's a neurodynamic component in there if there's start, tissue um, in general from the surgery. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of that hip is more of a compensation from close off. But either way, I think it's incredibly important to look at, right? was like, okay, once things are clearing up, you've had two to three treatments, no major change in the approach. There's still something residual. Looking down
1: the chain at any kind of point of entrapment is really important. Yeah. Have you ever had, like, the hip referred down to... I mean, it could be... When I'm moving the hip, it could be just the lower lumbar segment as well, but... Have you ever had that, like a hip or anything, like referred down to the foot for you?
0: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't always call it a referred inherently. So again, the hip is capable of referring down to the knee. Um, potentially for some people, maybe a little bit lower, um, but not typical. Often what I think of is, where's the, is there a source of neurological entrapment for general neural mobility um, that travels up and down that pathway? And does that affect and pull on the nerve that's more a sensitized component is the fibers that do affect part of the foot, So that's kind of my, where my hypothesis goes. Um, okay. And I'd say, you know, we can always, can we completely rule it out for lumbar and hip? Not always, but there are ways of being pretty precise to get them in supine and make sure, hey, even if you have a student with you, right, you can be even better about blocking lumbar spine motion as you bring that hip up into you're know, watching your external rotation and kind of quadrating in different positions and scour it to really try and differentiate the best you can hip from lumbar.
1: Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, rolling out the the spine and things like that, how how do you um, roll out the spine for for any, like, extremity patients or whatever? Um, I'd love to to
0: hear your thoughts. Sure. Um, So I think the main things, again, depending on the irritability, depending on everything else going on, some days, you know, if it's like, hey, this is, like, a very clear 90% lower extremity, um, it's I'll go through active range of motion overpressure. Um and kind of keep it at that some days. Or if it's like a trauma, it's like dude, like there's a direct trauma to external. There's no need to rule it out for right now. Um, but when I do it's often going through um for like lumbar let's say, through active range of motion over pressure, I'll then do PAs on it. Um with full pressure, really seeing if there's any kind of radiating symptoms whatsoever, or if there's a major difference left side to right, i then hit a some kind of neural tension component. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I but what
0: what I've done recently for cervical is, if I'm still getting nothing with PA's in that region, I'll do a, anterior to posterior as APs on um, the anterior facet, and sometimes that can get like a lot of uh, referred shoulder pain.
1: Oh, huh. yeah, I'm gonna have to look up how to do that that AP. Yeah, Not just uh a,
0: a, avoid the carotid. That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I usually go for PAs as well in the lumbar spine, just roll that out and then push. Um, yeah, I actually had this ankle torn Achilles, partially torn Achilles last week, um, and we looked at the lumbar spine, and his straight leg raised, single leg stand step up ball improved, nice. even though he didn't have complete the, the back range. So, so. Wait, it might not be hard
0: signs, but can that but...
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's that hey, No five percent time, but just make sure that you Yeah, yeah. Um cool, thanks
1: thanks for sharing the case. I'd love to hear next here next week or next week and a half about what what happened to this to this guy, what you do with him today. <laughs> Um. But I, I do really want to ask you a quick question, Nick. So I know what we're all about quality of care rather than quantity of care. Do you know, Um, have you had experience working like when it's like 20 patients a day kind of thing? Um, what were your experiences with that? Did, did you feel like you can get any quality of care?
0: So I think it- end of the day, end of the day kind of thing. Because I think as clinicians, we can do good about staying focused with that. I think it's more in terms of, you know, are we seeing multiple patients at a time? Um, are there challenges like co treating at the same time? So that's why I think we can run into issues. Um, for myself, I mean, I work I say long, long-ish days, 10-hour days for all my work days. Um, and so I don't think that affects the quality of care for me. I guess maybe I'm just used to the hours or something. Um, but I really think that you know, if, if there is if they're double working patients or something like that, that plays a huge role in it. Um, huh. so yeah. I guess it, for me, I think the larger influence is what's the overall system is set up for kind of hour by hour. And then as you go forward, too, it's what is kind of the clinician's individual biases? What do we fall trapped to? You know, is this the third visit of kind of going about, oh, it's kind of the same routine thing? Versus, like, no, we really need to reassess a bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah. And then uh, where you're at, you you don't have any double bookings?
0: Um, So I have some over – so Kaiser, no double bookings at all. Evolution, my sports gig, we have overlap where I'll have half an hour with the patient. Then they'll do specific routine follow-up exercises with one of the aides. That can be within yeah. my eyesight. Um, But no, no, no true double bookings. So they're always oh. like assigned directly to someone else, which, yeah, um, honestly, I'm, I'm there more quality.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Cool, yeah, interesting. I just want to get your take on that. Um, I know we talked about it in the past, but yeah, and again, there's sometimes, where, again, I'm not knocking do exercise classes, I think, for
0: an extended reason, some of the that camaraderie can be of boring. There can be a lot of benefits to that. Um, so I don't want to discredit that, but I think in terms of more complicated patient clinical reasoning getting the best care versus just getting more visiting. Um I I tend to go away from uh treating too many patients at the same time unless like, you know, hey, I got two new post ops that are actually gonna help encourage each other. I'm totally cool with some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right, let's hit on some accountability next. Um, okay good man,
0: well you know for me dude, it's all about getting the OCS again, getting ready for that. It's uh three weeks from today which is pretty good to say out loud um so you're not for that
1: dude yeah so so next saturday i have um a a bit of a online virtual exam so i just want to i guess go through all the modules for that exam prepare it prepare for it and then crush that exam on saturday i think that's because it's I wish you on Monday I could take you the exam because I could choose to take the exam tomorrow if I wanted to, but I want to set a date of Saturday and then we'll we'll go from there.
0: Up next Saturday, as, as we know with our history, Bob is—you know—we get things done the time we give ourselves. So for so you and I both, let's get after it, too. Yep.
1: All right, it was a pleasure, Nick. I'll talk to you next week. You will, my friends Take care.